Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, November 4th. Okay, welcome to November, everybody. Okay, at least four days into it. Okay, and hope you all had a good Halloween at the beginning of the week. Still eating all that candy. All right, and uh, things are good here. We were away for a couple of days. We're back now. We're going to start back with a uh, show with good friends over the National Association for Gifted Children. Their conference is coming up on November 17th in Indianapolis, and we're going to talk to Ginny Burney, Dr. Ginny Burney, okay, who is affiliated with the Indiana Association for the Gifted, as well as NAGC, but that's kind of the host association, so to speak, the host regional association for the conference, and also Dr. Sheila Gallagher, okay, who's director of Engaged Education, where she does a lot of consulting, et cetera, into gifted and talented learning programs all over the place. And more importantly, she's president-elect over at NAGC and program chair of this 2022 NAGC National Convention. So we're going to talk all about that uh, in this in this uh, next half hour or so. We're going to archive the show at ACE. Oh, did I mention I'm Larry Jacobs? Did I mention? I forgot. Maybe I didn't even do that. It's me. It's Larry. Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. And... Uh, yeah, we're going to have a good half hour here. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org, okay, which is our home website of our American Consortium for Equity in Education. I hope you do go over there, check it out. We do a lot of work besides the podcast. They are all archived over there under the podcast link. But also we have our magazine, Equity and Access. We're working on a new issue now that will be out real soon. All right, and we've got our teacher retention site and our SEL Today site and all kinds of good information over there. So please go over to ace-ed.org, and you'll find out everything we're doing over there, and you can go down all the list of podcasts. So let me say hello to my two guests here. Dr. Gallagher, are you there? I'm here, Larry. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. It's Sheila, right? Is that the best way to That's pronounce right. your first name? Yeah, Sheila, right. The, Absolutely now the, right. I, I have to explain that because she spells her name, everybody, S-H-E-L-A-G-H, which is Gaelic, obviously. Okay? So like, Shillelagh, right? Right, Ms. Gallagher? Precisely right, Larry. Yeah, thank you, my dearie. Thank you. Okay? I don't know how good an Irish accent that was, but you get the point. Thanks, Sheila. Okay? Ginny, are you there? <laughs> yes, I Ginny? am. Good right. morning. Good yes. morning. Yes, yes I am. Uh, are you Irish too? You're a Bernie. You could be Irish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there there is some uh, there are roots there in the British Isles. Yes. <laughs> Good enough. I'm waiting for Shildale to. Okay, Ginny Bernie. Okay, Ginny, you are uh, with the Indiana Association for the Gifted, as I mentioned. It. You do something also with Ball State. Am I correct? Ball State University. Do do yes. That? Yes, what did you I've taught licensure licensure courses for teachers seeking licensure in gifted and talented education in the Department of Educational Psychology. Wow, so you're an educational psychologist, right? Yes, although I'm I'm trying I'm trying to retire. Don't retire. Everybody needs but anyway, you. We need everybody good. We yeah. can, we can, don't retire. Don't, do, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> and Ball State, by the way, everybody, the, the mason jar, the ball, the ball, not the mason jar, the ball jar, the world famous ball jar was invented <laughs> by the guy who endowed Ball State. Okay? I always like to tell people that because it's like one of these stupid little facts that I love to share. Okay. Am I correct? <laughs> you are correct. 
I am correct. Okay. And Sheila, you're director of engaged education. I want you to just brag a little and tell people about that before we get into the NAGC stuff. Oh, thanks, Larry. Yeah. You're Engaged welcome. Education is my um, consulting organization where I've been uh, fortunate enough to be able to write curriculum, to do professional learning for teachers. <coughs> Excuse me. And professional learning Present for teachers. <laughs> thanks. Um, I've done some policy work. So um, I just whatever I can to do to advance the needs of gifted kids anywhere I can. Good enough. Can they, how, would, how would they get I don't know the email? What's the was your website? Engageeducation.com or something? Yeah. Take your time. Clean your throat. Relax. Take your time. Get, grab a cup of coffee. I'm good. Thanks. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, it's um, engaged engagededuc.org. Engaged educ.org, everybody. Okay, you want to get in touch yeah. with Sheila? She knows her stuff about curriculum and uh, specifically gifted children. And you know, when I put this show together with David over at NAGC, and Sheila, I'm going to stick with you here. The conference is in Indiana, in Indianapolis, which is a damn good city. Okay, except for the Colts, but I won't get into that being a Patriots fan. Okay, and is that okay, Jenny? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. But Indiana is a good place. Okay. And uh, Sheila, uh, since you're in charge of the conference, okay, uh, what, was there a reason that you guys picked? Is there a historical reason or something why you guys picked Indianapolis this year? Well, that's an interesting question because this is our 69th convention. Um, and we've been going to Indianapolis as part of our rotation since the beginning of NAGC. Um, I was actually looking back into the history and – we were there for our fourth convention in 1957. So Indianapolis has always been a special site for us, and I'm thrilled that we're going back for the um, 69th. Cool. Okay, that's just great. Yep. Jenny, you're an Indiana, you're an Indiana girl, a Hoosier, right? Jenny. Well, originally from Ohio, but yes, I've been in Indiana most of my life. Okay, so it was, speak to its praises. Do it. Tell everybody what they can well, expect over there. Yeah, do it. Well, I can talk a little bit about what IAG's role has been in gifted education for Do it. Indiana. Um, okay. and, the Indiana uh, Association is gifted, right? At the Indiana yes, Association. right. Yeah, and right. we've remained uh, true to the initial founding as an yeah. advocacy organization focused on improving education for Indiana students. Uh, with high ability, but uh, what we do is, uh, as an organization, is you know we represent the stakeholders, so parents and teachers and and other educators, you know, and who work with gifted kids. And what we do is we in, try to encourage the uh, Indiana General Assembly to enact code and rules, and the Indiana Department of Education to hold the districts then accountable to that code for supporting the needs of gifted children. And IAG also provides resources to parents and teachers in an annual conference focused on professional learning. But, yes, we are, you know, we, we try to support um, gifted education in any way we can in the state so that we can have appropriate experiences for these kids. Hey, you know, Jenny, i got to say something. The way you described it as you advocate for students of higher ability. All the shows I've done right. with NAGC, nobody ever said it like that before. Okay, students of higher ability. I, lo I, lo I just love that phrase. Okay, so I congratulate you on that one. 
you, you, you know, you deal. We always talk. This is the National Association, NAGC's conference coming up November 17th. Okay. But we always talk about in terms of national. And even politically in the U.S., we talk in terms of national. But there are also 50 state legislators, 50 governors, et cetera, et cetera. And there's, there's a, a state government. I just want to talk about this and just focus on Indiana. In Indiana, okay, which you guys at the Indiana Association deal with all the time. And Indiana is smack dab in the middle of the country pretty much, okay? Uh, and there's a good cross-section, okay? How, what's their attitude as you, as you work with them towards gifted? And, and, and I don't know how long you've been there, Ginny, but, but how, how, has the attitude changed, gotten better, gotten worse? Just, just let's use Indiana as an example. Well, you're right, Larry, that it's, uh, you know, a federal, um, obviously, concern. It was a national association for gifted, but each state enacts their own, you know, code and rules and uh, accountability measures for whether or not these students are actually being served. Everybody, the feds do uh, have a definition of what a gifted learner is and so forth. So there's recognition that these kids do exist and that they need different uh, curriculum and instruction, but it is up to the state. So it does look different in different states. But um, the uh, Indiana General Assembly, you know, did uh, require in uh, 2007, uh, they've mandated or required that these students um, with high ability be identified and served uh, in if they're um, in you know at least in the areas of core curriculum mm-hmm. K through 12. So the schools must provide this curriculum and instruction that's differentiated for these identified students. And so it's great for us to have the NAGC conference here because this yeah. can provide sessions uh, for educators you know with new ideas for curriculum and instructional strategies for these areas. So, you know, yes, we've had, we've been fortunate to have this state mandate and the Department Mm -hmm. of Education to enforce that. But, you know, we need all the professional learning, you know, that we can come up with. Oh, absolutely. And, Jenny, you were involved with, you said, licensure for for teachers who want to become teachers of the gifted at Ball State, which is a darn good school, by the way. Okay. So, but my question is, are we, when, are you finding there's enough people who want to get involved in teaching other gifted? What's going on these days? Ginny, I'd just like your insight well, on that. You know, um, it's, we would love to see it be required that the teachers who are that they're assigned to teach the students with high ability, um, we would love it that those teachers would be required to have specific training in this area. But it's not required in the state, so it's a you know never-ending <laughs> uh, concern yeah. for us to try to provide enough professional development. So um, you know it's always there's always something to advocate for. Um, we we are grateful that we have the requirements that these students be identified and served, but it would be also great to have it re- be required that these teachers get some training in it. No one you know doubts that teachers of students in special education need, you know, specific training for that particular learning group, but our particular learning group, you know, requires some special differences, you know, in curriculum and instruction as well. Yeah, well, actually, yours yours is, and I mean this uh, complimentary, that yours is a special education group. 
Okay, kids with higher yes, abilities. Yes, it is. It's a, Exceptional it's a special learners. Ed- yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to put quotes around the word special there. Okay, because it's a, but it's, it is a special right, education. It's exceptional yes. learners, right? They, yeah, they exactly. are different from the mean in some okay, significant bring, ways. And so, yeah, you just need something different. Which brings up, and I'm going to go back to Sheila here. Sheila, when you assign a teacher to teach the gifted, and this is a hard question to answer, what do they need to know? What Ginny what, what just said, okay? What do they right. need to know? Yeah, go ahead. There are graduate programs about this, but so I'll give you my elevator answer. And so they need <laughs> to know the different characteristics of gifted students, right? That when intelligence increases, other things shift as well. We see personality differences, differences in preferences for learning, um, differences in interest, differences in social patterns. So they need to see the whole picture. They also need to know how that whole picture shifts for different groups. If you're a low-income child, if you're a child of color, it doesn't necessarily look the same. So that's a baseline. And then they need to know how to vary the content they teach, the processes they use, the products kids create, the learning environment that supports all that. So they need to really think systemically about their classroom and how to make adjustments. One of the things that concerns me in our conversation right now in gifted education is that we tend to focus on differentiating lessons. And I think that does good. And I think if that's all you can do, by all means, you should do it. But I like to think about gifted students as having a curriculum where they dwell with an idea for a sustained period of time, right? And that we start training those minds to think long-term about big ideas. Teachers need to know how to do that. Um, and then I could go on and on about identification, yes. as Jimmy's already mentioned. So there's quite a lot to it, is why we have graduate programs in it. Um, and it's yep. why I agree with Jimmy that it ought to be oh, part yeah. of a pre-service teacher's training. And so I have to ask you this. Uh, considering all the gifted kids we have, and I, I think I'm going to answer this this way, what's the, the ratio, percentage, whatever you want to say, of teachers who are really trained to teach the gifted, who are standing in front of the gifted now teaching them, doing the best they can, I might add. But how many are well, really well-trained, okay, to do that? Wow. Again, like a, spe- like a special ed, you know, special ed, they're all trained to do special ed. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So now you've got teachers that are gifted. And sometimes I know schools, you know, let's be honest, they'll take their best teacher, the teacher who delves in the board, and give them the gifted gifts. But that doesn't mean they are a trained, gifted educator, because, again, because of all the things you just said. What, what's the percentage of teachers working with class that are actually trained in it? Good well, question. I would say that it's in the single digits, because I would really? go back to your question and point out that every teacher is a teacher of a gifted child, right? Because in those, you know, most classrooms, yes. Somebody's dealing with a gifted child for at least a portion of the day. Certainly at some point in their career, a child with advanced abilities is going to run across their path. Um, so, and then as Jenny pointed out, because we've got state by state mandates in what's required of a teacher of the gifted, um, there's really, it's, it's a patchwork quilt of requirements. So in any given state, that number would vary a lot. <laughs> Well, and I'm going to just, again, an, an anecdotal opinion, 
Okay, uh, what's the what's the best case scenario these days? Just think of the best states, you know, Virginia, Wyoming, whoever it might be. Okay, and is it fifty percent of the teachers are well trained, or ten percent of the teachers in the best case scenario these days? It's an interesting problem. It is an interesting problem, especially with the teacher shortage, and we're seeing a lot of teachers of the gifted being pulled from their programs and put into the regular classroom simply to have bodies in front of kids. Right, where there's strong legislature that mandates some level of professional learning before kids, before teachers are put in front of gifted kids, that it would be, you know, a fairly high percentage, maybe 50% in a really great state. We don't have many of those really great states. Uh, and, yeah. um, and so, especially right now, it's particularly difficult to ensure that a gifted child has a well-prepared teacher. Wow. Well, that's, that's not good. That's not good. And I, you know, I agree with you. I got to say something. And by the way, I went to teacher training in my, or I went to school a thousand, you know, a thousand years ago, but you know, it's, it's funny that, you know, I was a history teacher, but they never, even though I was going into a public school, like 99% of the kids I was graduating with, they never touched on special ed or, or, uh, you know, they just, they barely touched on education to be quite honest. I didn't know what the hell they were doing, but they never touched <laughs> on the specialties. Okay, like like gifted, okay, like special aid that you would be dealing with these students at some point. It just wasn't even mentioned. All right, and it's, mm-hmm. an, it's an interesting thing, and hopefully we're a lot. The, the the general education courses have to be aware of what's going on. Okay, in our public schools and train train kids to really touch us. Working with a school counselor, working with a school psychologist, working with gifted kids. It's all different. And they got to know at least it exists, you know? Yes, right. And even if that gifted child goes to a pull-out program for a part of the school day, they still go back to the regular classroom, and they still have needs when they're there. It's it's interesting. The parents always fight so hard to to have their kid named gifted if, in fact, they are gifted, and then we don't have the proper educators in place and all the programs in place to do the most with it. Okay? It's, It's a sad commentary on one of the challenges that we face out there, you know, it, 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 it really is. So that said, let's say, uh, let's see, you're the program chair. I'll stick with you, Sheila. What's the program? Okay. What are the hot topics this year at NAGC? Again, coming up in Indianapolis, November 17th. And I have linked the registration site uh, right here on the website that you might be looking at as you're listening. Okay, go ahead. What are, what are the hot topics? Thanks, Larry. Well, you know, the fun part about being program chair is that I get to create some big themes for the conference. Yeah, the fun part uh, is going out the, for a couple of martinis with your friends. That's the fun well, part. All the, the people that you fun. see, including Ginny, buy her a good one for me. Okay, but now, yeah, what's the hot <laughs> Point made, and I really look forward to going out for a drink with my good friend, Ginny, who I've known for decades. Does. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So, equity is always front and center of our agenda, whether it's the convention or anything else. Um, One thing we've done is we've created a summer event, which is online, that's a symposium for about black and brown gifted students. But one concern we have about giving them that focus in the summer is that then the topic becomes isolated. So we really made an effort to make sure that it is a prominent part of the conversation at the larger national convention. So we've got lots of perspectives on the equity question in the convention. Um, A second theme is creativity. 
which I think has taken a bit of a backseat in the past several years. So I really wanted to put some new energy into thinking about how to encourage innovation and original thinking in our brightest students. You know, so teachers know how to help encourage them become tomorrow's problem solvers, which is what we always say the aim of gifted education is, or at least one of the aims. Um, and then the third big theme, this won't be a surprise, Larry, we've sort of touched it, and you touched on it about the materials on your website, the social yes. and emotional needs of yep. kids and teachers post-COVID. Yep, yep, can't say enough yep. about that. Okay. Thank yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the social emotional learning is, is so is so key this year and I'll, I'll do a little shameless plug. We have our SEL today dot org website, which we try to get some information out there, okay, about social emotional learning. And it's interesting how all this stuff crisscrosses, you know, where the where the consortium for equity, equity has so much to do with SEL. It's just it's it's just what when you say I gotta ask, when you say creativity, get a little mm -hmm. uh, go down into the weeds on that one, Sheila. Then I want to get back to Jenny. Well, go up a, yeah, you, what do you mean you know, when you say that? Gifted, when we talk about gifted kids and their learning characteristics, uh, one thing we know that they can do is absorb information really, really quickly. Uh, and so it's natural that they're going to achieve well because they've got those skills and tools. But when we think about creativity, we think about divergent thinking, right? Thinking outside of the box, Good. coming up with new and original solutions to unconventional problems which is what experts do, right? So if we're really putting kids on a trajectory to being tomorrow's experts, I think we need to confront them with the need to use thinking skills, those broader interdisciplinary skills where they're making connections between unusual pieces of information so that they can be tomorrow's originators. Ginny, what are you looking forward to over there? What do you see happening? Well, I could... I couldn't agree with Sheila Moore. She articulated it so well. And uh, so I know that, that our, um, some hot topics for Indiana attendees will be just those things, how to serve those additional domains of high ability, such as creativity, you know, that uh, leadership and so forth, and the problem solving, of course, you know, that uh, uh, in, beyond just the subject domains, you know. Uh, so anyway, um, but looking to identify those high-ability students from traditionally underrepresented populations yeah. Yeah. are important for Indiana and attendees and to utilize census testing, you know, to try to find all of the, all of the kids who, have the, who perform at a high level or who have the potential to perform at a high level. So I hope you find them all. Uh, Teach them well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we want to do. And we want to uh, uh, look for, I know, uh, some requests that I, I receive are, they want to know what additional services for secondary students beyond mm -hmm. just some of the advanced courses, you know, are there. And like what? Um, as like well what? as, well, what like beyond do? advanced placement, what else, you know, might we offer to these kids that will be beneficial to them in their, in their, you know, post high school, you know, era. And then also that, you know, small and rural school districts. So fewer oh, than 2,000 students in the yep. district. This is a, not just an Indiana problem that a lot of states, oh, no. you know, have this uh, concern. And so how those districts might address the challenges of providing services for students in that kind yeah, of school. But uh, th th so our, 
attendees from Indiana will be looking for sessions that address those concerns. Yeah, and you know, I'll say it again, Indiana is such a heartland state. You know, it's a good cross-section. When you say about Indiana, you can probably extrapolate that out to a hell of a lot of states, okay, about what's yes. going on in Indiana. You know, it's, 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 it's happening kind of everywhere. And I think it was you, Jenny, who said before, and I might have misunderstood the way you said it, but I'm just curious. And you mentioned a minute ago, we want to make sure that black and brown kids, children of color, if they are gifted, that they are recognized and taught. But then, and of course, we all want to do that. But then, uh, earlier you said that uh, there, there, there is a, um, a greater challenge, perhaps, and I just want to make sure I got this right, of teaching these kids, that there were, there were extra challenges. What, 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 do you remember saying that? What were you referring to? Kids of poverty, you well, said. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. Well, I, I think Sheila was the one who may have addressed that Oh, I'm specifically. sorry. That but pass, but pass that's, that over that's to her okay. Then. I mean, I I, con- I concur I concur with Sheila on that. You know, we want to make sure that we include kids. You know, who haven't had the same background opportunities, perhaps. Mm. I mean, some students who may because of socioeconomic concerns or whatever, even English learners, whatever yeah. students who just haven't had the same opportunities. So that we're not just looking at achievement test scores. You know, to find these kinds of students so that we can find them all and teach them the critical and creative thinking skills that are necessary, you know, for them to, to truly benefit from, you yeah. know, from it's, it's a uh, lot of stuff. Larry, can I co- step in? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. I'm just going to swing over to you. Go ahead. Okay, great. Because um, I'm really um, excited about the fact that some of our keynote speakers are going to touch on these issues. And I just wanted to brag on them for a second because I'm so excited. Uh, I'm going to, because we're bookmarked on either end with these conversations about equity. I'm going to start yeah. with the end because of what we've just been talking about. We're going to close with a presentation by a man named Rodney Walker. Uh, and without giving away too much, I would say he grew up in the foster care system as a black child on the autism spectrum. Oh, and wow. because of his life circumstances, And because he was put into the social services system, he ended up going to Morehouse College and then got advanced degrees from Harvard and Yale. So it's an interesting (laughs) rags-to-riches story. But what's fascinating, when we talk about the special additional supports these kids need, he credits the social service system with getting him access. You know, if he had grown up in his home, he said, he never would have gotten the services he needs. And that's tragic to me. Wow. So it's a really interesting story, and I absolutely can't wait. Um, At the other end, our opening keynote is going to talk about intersectionality in an interesting way. A woman named Janine Ledford is going to talk, who's a former teacher of the gifted, we found out. This is completely serendipitous. But she's going to talk (laughs) about creativity and multiple perspectives, and especially intercultural creativity and how that intersectionality is one of the perspectives we need to take into account when we are educating gifted children of color. I couldn't couldn't agree with you more on all of that stuff. I mean, it's going to be good. That Rodney Walker story is really interesting. Okay, what did he do? What is is he now? He went to Harvard. Is he a doctor? What is he? Uh, no, I, he really is somebody who advances this conversation about the needs of children like him. And so he's got, you know, books and he speaks nationally. And so oh. he's an advocate. Yeah. 
Cool. That, that, yeah. that, that, he sounds like an amazing guy. I got to tell you, that's yeah. really, that's really going to be, <laughs> really going to be interesting. I, I got yeah, it. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, before we go, I want to touch on this. We, we, I know that you want all the gifted educators to go to the conference, okay? But you need more people than that. They don't need more people than that. There should be more people with different titles coming, okay? We need the gifted educators, but we need principals. We need school board members. We need legislators, okay? We need superintendent. Talk about that. Just, and I'll, 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 I'll go to Ginny, but both of you can talk about it. Who do you want to come to the conference, or Sheila, whoever wants to answer that? Sheila. Ginny, why don't you start? Well, we certainly want people who are designing the, in the positions of designing the programs for these students, maybe not the ones who are actually doing the teaching, but the ones yeah. who are making sure that the programs are in place. So the district-level administrators, sometimes it's a curriculum director, sometimes, you know, it's, it's a assistant superintendent, sometimes it's right. a superintendent. But we need those people to understand the scope of the situation and to actually design meaningful experiences for the kids that, that meet their needs. So, right. yes, we would welcome to have welcome those and, and parents as well who are just trying to support their own little individual kids their own little, little, little personalized individual school district there yes. Sheila, what are your yes. thoughts on that <laughs> yeah well, absolutely and actually we will be doing a saturday parent day for any Good. parents who are interested and in need of support and of course there we will be focusing on social and emotional needs of gifted kids so i'm excited wow. about that too um, yeah, I mean, we need everybody at the table. I think for too long, people have considered gifted education as sort of this remote corner of education that's disconnected from the rest of the educational system. But you know, we need to continue to do our work to make sure that everybody understands that they are responsible for these kids. And so because we need all people in the system to participate in the conversation and to have the knowledge. So Absolutely. I couldn't agree more that we need all principals, all administrators, um, people in charge of curriculum and instruction, people involved in special education, because we do see such, such an overlap with our twice exceptional kids. Uh, yeah. You know, and everybody yeah. is welcome. We really do focus on, you know, Larry, every year about a third of our attendees come to the convention for the first time. And so we pay attention when we design the program on entry-level information, you know, what's the gifted 101 information that you need yeah. if you're yeah. new so that we can Good welcome point. people into the fold. Yeah, they're more than welcome. Yeah, and is there, a, is there a virtual component to this? Do you know? We, we are contemplating a virtual component that's separate later in the year. We okay. tried hybrid last year, and we found it very labor-intensive, um, very time-consuming, uh, very well, it's a pain expensive. in the tush. Let's get it's, it's a pain in the tush. I was just curious. It, there you, know, you go. That's what yeah. I was trying to say in a different way. Yes. Thank you. I, <laughs> I can do that. I'm the host. But, you know, if they're okay. out in, I'll, I'll, where I, let's say they're in Maine, they just can't, up to upstate Maine, they just can't get to India, Indianapolis. It's important for them to go to. So stay yeah. tuned to see what, you, what we can do for that. That is, it is really, really important. Ladies, have fun at the conference. I know Ginny, Ginny, Ginny's going to be back home, Indiana, there, and Sheila, you're going to have a good time too. 
Okay, it's going to be oh, great. Oh, yeah, I can't okay? wait. And I have this linked over here. Okay, so please, I hope a lot of people can go. All right, and I hope you – I wish you ladies a lot of success with this year's conference, more important than ever. You know? What can I say? Thank, Thank you, you so much, Larry. Really uh, appreciate you. You're welcome. You. We'll, see, we'll see you soon. Okay, thank okay. you. And have fun in Bye. Indianapolis. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Jenny. Bye, Sheila. Bye-bye. 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 Okay, two great guests. NAGC.org, National Association for Give the Children. I have the conference uh, registration linked here. And uh, they're good people, and they're doing good work, and it's hard, all right? It's hard, so we got to take care of these kids, too. I was thinking, you know, we used to have a book. We always talk about the best and the brightest, and we got to take care of those kids because we don't never had a book called The Worst and the Dumbest, okay? we got to take care of these kids who, are, who we think can take care of themselves, but they need all the help we can give them, uh, gifted kids, students of higher ability. We'll archive over at ace-ed.org. Please go over there, check out all the things we do. I'm Larry Jacobs. Thanks for listening.